0: Coming up, Drew Holiday of the Celtics. Priscilla was here next. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is gonna be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, there's this little rush you get when you're like, I did it. I made it happen. But really, the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. Is there? Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Make this summer the best one yet. Invest in a Simply Safe home security system. I have one. I love it. It's a great way to protect your home when you're not there. Um, you need one, especially during the summer. You know what burglars know? People go away during the summer. That's what happens. So when you're away, you want to make sure your place is protected. You want to make sure that you potentially have little camera things you can watch on your phone to see what what's happening. At your house, at your front door, inside. You deserve some peace of mind. Get it today with Simply Safe. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at slash BS. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We're also brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where I have a new rewatchables coming on Monday night. Check out ringer.com. Check out all of our podcasts. This is a two part podcast. Rarely do this on a Sunday. We usually have cousin Sal on, and he's still coming on. He's going to be part two. Later tonight, we'll do Guest Alliance. We'll react to the week four games. This is part one. Ryan Rosillo is here. We're going to talk about the Drew Holiday trade to the Boston Celtics and all of the ramifications. It's all next. First, our friends from Pro <laughs> All right. So we're taping part one here. It is uh, a little past four o'clock Pacific time. Just watch the Pats completely shit the bed. We're not going to talk about that. That'll be part two. Part one, Ryan Rosillo is here. We're talking Drew Holiday, the big trade. How is the NBA different for you right now? And are we done? Do we finally have the 30 rosters? Is this what we're looking at? Do we know who's going to be on everybody's team or are we somehow not done?
1: I never think we're done anymore in the NBA, and I know you're being a gracious host here, but you and I talked for five minutes today. I think you have the headline take on this, okay? I think you have the headline take on like what the top of the league looks like. Are you ready to share it this early? I think
0: Boston has the best top six. I did not feel that way 24 hours ago. I did not feel like there was a clear best. I trust this team in crunch time. And if Porzingis stays healthy, which is a huge if, I think they have the best six and they can fill around and they have the most ways that they can play whoever in a series. So from that vantage point, you had to do the trade and they gave up, uh, a center who has been hurt every single year. And I don't fully trust that he's ever going to be out there when it matters. Brogdon who was hurt and who was mad at the team and two picks and you get drew holiday who was a 2021 finals hero who's one of the best defensive guards in the league, who's still really good and just raises their ceiling. Now you can go you can go White Holiday, Tatum Brown, and a center at crunch time, and you're good. You can switch on almost everything, especially if you get anything from Horford. So
1: were you similarly enthused? Yeah, I love Drew. You know, there's some stuff with his, his shooting in the playoffs where it's been pretty bad or you're like is that just because he can't make shots in the playoffs or is it just what happened statistically i mean it, it does happen uh i mean if i'm getting the negative parts out of the way like yeah sure he's a little bit older uh the big situation is a huge question mark uh, i can't believe what they got from from horford last year like so i don't know yeah. if you can just pencil that in because he was way beyond expectations uh at least for me or for what i had for him but when you can add Drew for those pieces, and I, and I'm with you, like when when Rob Williams is right, it's really, really nice. But you can even tell when he's out there, you're like, is something wrong with him again? You know, the number of times that I've watched Rob Williams and Celtics games, I'm like, he, I know he's out there, but wait, is something? And every time, I thought Marcus Smart was trying to get end his career with some of those alley oop passes, <laughs> right. like depending on how he lands, so like how <laughs> wait, is this going to be the last one we ever see from him? So. To me, it makes a lot of sense.
0: By the way, on that Rob point, my dad texted me after the trade. He's like, oh, I hate giving up Rob. I'm like, you complained about Rob more than anybody I know in my life. You would text me from the games going, oh, Rob's just off in the, Rob just walked in the tunnel again. I don't know what happened. Um, I just, like Brian Barrett had a tweet, 32 games, 29 games, 52 games, 61 games, 35 games. Those are Rob Williams' last five years. It just wasn't reliable enough for a team that's trying to win a title. I interrupted you.
1: No, you, you didn't because it's a, it's a really good point because what's going to happen, I mean, you know, it's just there's, there's definitely, like if Prazingis is hurt, it feels like the whole thing is screwed up, and there's a really good chance that that could happen. But if you're talking about, like, the allocation of minutes and the talent that's getting those minutes, well, the talent that's getting those minutes just went up with Drew Holiday. Yeah. And yeah. that's, I think, the simplest way to look at it.
0: So they, they turn Marcus Smart and Grant Williams and Brogdon and Rob Williams into Drew Holiday and Porzingis, more Derek White minutes, more Peyton Pritchard minutes. And then there's a little bit of an X factor with who's going to be like that ninth man, 10th man, kind of big slash four Cornette, slash five person. Maybe. Yeah, I don't or, know if he or, plays Or more. somebody you trade like that. I feel like that's the easiest position to pick up in, in January and February. The big thing for me is I think White was ready for a bigger role. I think White and Holiday together is magnificent as a, as a backcourt. And I, I read some stuff today. They think White's going to come off the bench. I don't know if I see that. I, I think I would come out of the gates with White and Holiday and Tatum and Brown in the center and maybe bring, to your Horford point, like maybe bring Horford off the bench and try really try to rest his minutes during the season and be careful with him. And make him a bench player and then the playoffs reassess. But I think that having those four guys all together, they complement each other so well. Um, you can play basically any kind of defense against any perimeter guy in the league with those four guys. And they're just better. I mean, there's there's just no way around it. They're better. He's a much better player than Marcus Smart was last year. And, you know, you made that point about the shooting. He'd have those games, he'd go five for twenty two in a playoff game. You know, he'd he'd but I I do feel like he was asked to do a little bit more than maybe what he's supposed to be doing. I don't feel like he's a pure point guard, right? Now you have White who can handle most of the ball handling. He can play off the ball and they're going to get the best version of him. Awesome locker room guy too, by all accounts. I mean, really like a beloved teammate wherever he went. I think they wanted to change the chemistry a little bit. I think this was an unhappier team than maybe they let on to the outside world last year.
1: Yeah. Look, I definitely like him more than smart. And, uh, you know, to be you know totally fair, when I'm looking at like the Lillard side of this trade last week before we knew the second piece of Drew and upgrading from Drew to Lillard, I'm going, OK, well, now your top two in Milwaukee's like in the argument for the best two in the NBA. OK, yeah. and that's that's really what this league has been about now post the teens decade where it was the arms race for your top three. It's you look definitely. around the league, you go, OK, who's got the two best? Like, let's come up with the five teams who have the two best. And with Lillard and Giannis, that's like a whole nother level. So when I was looking at it as like Lillard compared to Drew, you know, Drew is not somebody you're expecting to break down a defense off the dribble, right? Oh, hey, we're stuck. End of the shot clock, like make something happen where Lillard can literally do anything right into the final second of the shot clock and still get. you feel like it's still a decent look. So that part of it's a huge upgrade. But he's number three to four as far as an offensive option. He also... And I don't know, this is just me talking out loud as I've thought about the trade. It's pretty clear that when Boston's offense gets into trouble in the playoffs, like Tatum and Brown haven't figured out a way to kind of unlock it other than just, like I can already picture in my head, like I know what the Tatum move is going to be. I already know what the Jalen Brown move is going to be. I don't know if Smart was able to to make their life easier with the playmaking. Yeah, and then sometimes I even think Smart would go like, "Well, if you guys are going to screw around, like I might just I might just be green light on this possession." I don't think Drew necessarily plays that way, so you know it's it's probably silly for me to think that like Drew's going to be the Steve Nash type who comes in and sets up all these great late playoff possessions, but there may be something in lessening the burden of those guys feeling that they have to do or defaulting to just forcing the issue as much as they do in the playoffs. I like how much ball handling they have. To your point because they
0: were talking about experimenting a little bit more with Tatum as a point forward this year, which makes me nervous a little bit just because, you know, he's six foot nine. I'm not, I'm not sure that's the best use of him, but they seem pretty adamant. Like we feel like he could be a little bit more of a creator. And then you think White can do that. I, to me, White is the key to this season now, because if, you know, other than the Porzingis health thing, which I don't, I almost, I'm going to knock on wood. Um, but they part of the reason they made all this movement and they got rid of Brogdon and Smart was I think they really wanted to push White to be the lead ball handler for them and a creator. And there's some unbelievable pick and roll stats with him. And uh, and just if certain people set him a pick and the way, even in the Miami series, he was one of the only guys who could create offense. So I think they have that plus they have Drew. And the reality is for Drew, this is this might be the deepest offensive team he's been on, right? And you think back to like, had some was on some pretty weird Philly teams and some pretty weird New Orleans teams, and even when Milwaukee was at its best, it was really just Giannis, Middleton, and Drew, and that was it. This this there's more shooting and playmaking around him than I think we've seen. I, maybe it'll be a slight upgrade. On the flip side, he doesn't have Giannis, who was you know the second best player of the century probably. But I like the spot for him. It seemed like he really wanted to go to a contending team. And I don't really know who they were competing against because for reading through some of the reports, it just seemed like Philly, I don't even know what the trade was for them. Portland wanted at least one piece back, probably two, that they could do their keeper package. They wanted picks back. Golden State wasn't even in it. And it didn't seem like OKC ever threw their hat in the ring, which I was shocked by because I felt like OKC was the sleeping giant of this whole thing with Dort and some picks and just say, fuck it, let's let's see if we can be really good this year. So it seemed like it was down to Boston, the Clippers, they just had more assets. Um, I don't know if Portland keeps Rob. He's on a good contract. They already have Aiton. My guess is they're, they, they're probably spinning him. Does it make sense to have both of those guys?
1: Uh, My sense is they're going to try it out, you know? But, yeah. you know, the thing with Rob is, like, if you think he's an awesome defensive player that's just out there, like, he's awesome when he's used a certain way. And once Boston unlocked that two years ago where they stuck him on a non shooting big, and then you could see other teams adapt to it. It's like, well, let's stop giving them an out where Rob can just roam off of this dude. That's not a shooting threat. Cause I think that, you know, this is just going to turn into like now that he's not here, but I mean, have you listened to us talk about Rob Williams at all the last couple of years? Uh, He, you know, I don't, I don't think he's, I know what the defensive metrics are. I know the on-off stuff. It's a big reason why I think the analytics models always love Boston. Like, sometimes you look at him and be like, hey, I think this team's good. But, like, these numbers are overwhelming. This is like, yeah, it's, it's so far. Like, as if there's this huge gap between Boston and everybody else, which I never really felt uh, going back these last two years. But if you're Chauncey Billups and you think, like, okay, Rob Williams is just going to go out there and, like, wreak havoc. It's like, well, he has to be used a certain way. So maybe they feel like that's in defensive support to Aiton. And with Aiton, you know, I have, I'm not quite sure what to expect. I, well, this is the one thing he's probably going to put up huge numbers because he's not going to have older dudes that have a higher status in the league that go, I'm sick of passing it to you. So he's probably going to get more touches. We'll probably see like early eight numbers and him, like, like
0: 22, you know, 10 for the first yeah. six weeks of the season. Yeah. I'm with you.
1: Yeah. Like he'll, he'll, he'll put up some big numbers there, but. You know, defensively, it's really about his competitiveness because there were times I think going back two years ago when we were thinking about him with that run of the Suns, the finals. You're like, look at this guy. Like he can switch out on the smaller players. he can rotate. Yeah. But it's all about the way he's wired. And I think long term, unfortunately, like we already kind of know the answer there. Like, I don't think all of a sudden now you start playing with some fierceness after being in the league this long. So also, he I,
0: was the fifth option on that team. And there seemed to be real resentment toward him. Yeah, In that whole Phoenix culture of like, why doesn't he just realize we don't need his offense? We need him to basically rebound and block shots and crash the offensive boards. I think his attitude was probably, I'm 25 years old. I want to be the best player I can be. I already went to a finals. I don't, that's not, I I think I could do more than that. So I I don't don't think anyone was necessarily wrong. As I said on on my Thursday pod, I just hated the trade for Phoenix. I just thought they got the poo-poo platter back. You know, they got some. Some Some spare ribs back and a couple of egg rolls and and that's it, but they did not get an entree back and I think he's an entree on the right team, whether he's a guy that made sense for them, I don't know, but I know that they didn't get a good haul for him. I think Rob, for his contract, for what his talents are, is a really intriguing piece for them or for another team because you could trade for him, and it's not like a daunting salary, right I think he's in what is what is he like fifteen a year or something like that
1: i'm gonna look no, it it's that a really talking. good. Yeah, I mean, it was a really low-cost extension.
0: And he's still a pretty young guy. Yeah, so uh, from the Boston standpoint, though, they are all in now. I mean, this is a really expensive team that has, you're talking just this year, Drew's at 36, KP's at 36, Tatum's 37.6, JB is 32, um, Derek White's 18.3, and Al is 10. So from a tax standpoint, this, this bumped them up 14.4 million. They're, they're potentially a super tax team unless they, uh, can do some shaving, but they just have six really big contracts now. And I think, I don't think they care. I think they're in the mode of like this, this league can be stolen. Denver is a little worse from a depth standpoint. The Lakers are, are tied to whatever LeBron's health is going to be. Milwaukee has Giannis and Dame, but really a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of subpar defense and perimeter stuff for them I think is gonna be a real issue beyond the two man game. Philly's worse. Miami's either the same or worse, depending on how you feel about some of their young guys. And then the West is like I, I started doing my NBA research this weekend, So The West is like it's a bloodbath. There's like eleven teams that I think had plus had minus playoff odds to make the playoffs. Um they there can only be eight. And, you know, I, I think there's going to be some zero sum game stuff there. And especially if somebody loses a guy for 20 games, it could be a dramatic, all of a sudden you go from like a three seed to the 10 seed if you lose one of your best guys for 20 games. So I just think the Celts looked at the league as a whole and they were like, the East is significantly worse and we could be a one seed and we could potentially dominate this conference. And I'm here for it. Ultimately, it's going to matter does Tatum go up a level or not, you know, because you're always as good as your best guy. Can Tatum become a top five guy in the league and battle these dudes in the biggest, 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 biggest games in the biggest series combined with this cast they have. I'm pro the trade. I I, I applaud them for going all in on it. And I'm actually surprised he didn't go for more
1: because think of that. 33. Oh, right? I mean, you know.
0: 33 good, pretty fair contract with the player option. Um, they gave away two picks that probably, you know, it's this Warriors pick in 24 that's top four protected. They gave up their own unprotected in 29. Brogdon, who, you know, I, I don't think was, there was exactly a hot market and then
1: Williams. So I thought that was pretty, pretty solid value for them. I thought he
0: was going to go for more than that.
1: It feels like it's always just the number of picks now anyway. And you got to wonder if you work for the Celtics and you're a college scout, you're like, Hey, Brad, (laughs) But, right, like, yeah, you hate picks.
0: Do you care if I if I do some bartending on the side?
1: Is it okay <laughs> if I get a second job? Hey, did you go to the Metro semifinals? No, <laughs> I'm at the Cask. Yeah, send those like, scouts to Europe to just scout the uh, the Euro League and
0: all those different things. But
1: you, look, you just made a really good point. Like, really, the way the Drew thing will be judged will be based on Tatum's ceiling. And wherever that is. And it still feels a little weird that we're this many years into Tatum. And, you know, it's not like there are these epic flameouts in the playoffs. No, you know, we're ta- We're talking about NBA finals. And then when the states get raised, but it, it like the are turning into the Buffalo Bills a little bit where it's like, and granted, you know, I still can't believe they got down three out of the Miami heat and they end up losing the series and, you know, credit to the heat and everything. But it, it's like, look, it's not like they're, they keep losing in the second round all of a sudden. So I don't I don't quite understand that. Or maybe it's just because the stakes are raised and, you know, they haven't gotten it done in the last couple of years or they'd lost the, you know, but I maybe it's the Eastern Conference finals where I felt like when they were losing those prior to the last two years, I was like, I don't know. I was kind of amazed they were even in a lot of those Eastern Conference finals. The offense um, got
0: so stagnant that it just felt like against a certain type of team they weren't be, gonna be able to score at a high enough level to actually win the title. That was the takeaway from twenty two and I think twenty three. Yeah, is, and twenty-two. It was just too hard for them to score at some point.
1: Yeah, twenty-two. I, I completely agree with it. But like, when it comes specific to Tatum, and you know, maybe I'm just going off of like the millions of guys that that want to talk to me about it that are from back home. Yeah, and you know, he can go for fifty-one in a in a clinching game, and then the next bad game, it's like I don't know if this guy has it. And, <laughs> right. And but the thing is, is like I'm not completely dismissive of it. Either, And that's probably the challenge of being a franchise guy who's not really a top five player in the league. Like when I look at when I look at some of the player rankings, and I see Tatum ahead of Booker every time I, I disagree with it. Mm. And so you know, like the I know age. Booker's resume isn't the same necessarily even though you know they sort of are the same but I don't know if you if you agree or disagree with that but I don't know if that's just because I've I've sat and listened to all of this Tatum stuff and then they had those games too where I've watched Tatum where I'm like wait like where where's this guy at right now is it just dribble 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 step back 3 the whole time like do I want him to miss layups will that make me feel better you know like I don't it's the off season for me and thinking about it but I I think specific to Tatum like he he's, he's going to be what happens here. It's not going to be any of this other stuff really.
0: Yeah. And the history of the NBA says the age is in his factor that over these next three years, this is it. He should take a leap, right? It's not, he's not maxed out yet. He's hitting his 26, 27, 28 seasons. And this is usually when you climb and you peak as a player. And I think the Celtics are banking on that. Lots more to discuss. Let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by simply safe summer is all about fun vacations, but I know that being away from home can be stressful. So many things can happen. That's why I like to recommend simply safe award-winning security that can help give you peace of mind when you're away. The only thing you should worry about while you're on vacation is having too much fun having my home. It's great. Couldn't work better. I think simply safe is the best because it comes with a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, sensors to detect break-ins fires, floods, and more. It's backed by twenty-four-seven professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. It's given me, my family, many others, real peace of mind. I'm waiting to have it too. Try it out. A sixty-day money-back guarantee, no contracts. Right now, get twenty percent off any Simply Safe system with Fast Protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/slash-bs. That is simply safe with two s. Simplysafe.com/slash-bs. There's no safe like Simply Safe. 5 o'clock, 5.30, perfect time for a beer. You can do it. Grab a pack to enjoy today. Learn more and enter for your chance to win at com slash courtside, LDA, 21 and up. This episode of the Bill Simmons Podcast is presented by State Farm. If you ever been in an accident and you're okay, but you know what happened, your first reaction is gonna be, man, why did that happen? If you ever buy a new house or a new car or a new anything, Is there? Learn more at statefarm.com. So, is it fair to say for 2024, at least for this upcoming season, Boston Milwaukee is now the best game? That's the most interesting. Anytime those two play, I will go out of my way to watch this between Giannis and Dame. Drew playing his old team. Drew and Derek White against Dame. Giannis going against his Boston team that doesn't have Grant Williams anymore. Who always did like a half decent job keeping him in check. Um, the fact that I think those are now the two best teams in the East kind of definitively and they're going to be measuring each other this whole time. Plus you have Giannis, I don't know. It's year by year for him in Milwaukee at this point, Uh, Boston all in with this team financially. I just feel like this is somehow the marquee matchup now
1: in the league. Would you say, would you go Warriors Lakers or Lakers Denver? Or would you, what would you say? It feels like Denver is being like entirely dismissed with all this stuff um, as this happens. And I I don't want to do that. That's why I was trying to think of like,
0: what's their, I don't know if they have a a kind of a rival measuring stick team equivalent to this Boston Milwaukee thing where this for nine months, these will just be these two teams that are now eyeing each other. And then you're going to have Miami over on the side going, oh, you're going to count us out. We're not in this. Oh, he caught and they're going to have a huge chip on their shoulder again. So you can kind of see where the East is going. Philly, Embiid already had his depressing tweet today. And Philly, I mean, they're over under on FanDuel was 48 and a half. Them getting a 49 wins seems almost inconceivable
1: to me. I can't wait to watch the Sixers this year. I mean, I oh, wh- cannot <laughs> wait because... What a car has- crash. Like, I just... What is Harden going to do? He's because- up in the stakes against
0: Maury. He's that stuff from the club the other day with the Daryl Maury is a liar sign. Like what? This is the weirdest heading into media day situation. I think we've had since Kobe and Shaq broke up. I mean, this is the last time I remember like, oh my God, I, this whole, this is going to be a whole saga. Um, this is like, I don't know
1: where this goes. Well, Maybe cause Harden still. play a still- game for them? Right, because Harden and his his reps are thinking like, "Hey, the big deal's still out there for you," but how do you prove where? That you're wor- well, I, I'm not saying I know where, but what do you think that you think those guys are sitting around going up? Oh, too bad, you're just you're going to be a fifteen million dollar a year guy now. Like, of course, they don't believe that, and his in his but own he's reps even be if careful, they don't
0: They have that thirty day rule where if you don't report within a certain amount of time, you lose your free agency for the next season. So yeah, you yeah, have to right. at least be somewhat professional. So he's going to have to report. Does he fake an injury? Does he just say I'm not talking and actually like plays pretty well? And then the other question for me
1: it's is It's all on the table. It's all on the table. He's a legendary quitter. No one will be better than him. When he's inducted into the Hall of Fame, that should be on the bust. Quit in ways no one ever thought was. New, possible. Invented new ways to quit.
0: Well, Kyle, cue the TikTok camera up for this question. If Miami acquired Harden. <laughs> My initial reaction would be, oh my God, that's insane. And then after five minutes, I'd be like, holy shit, that might've been a good trade. That might be the only team left that can save him. If they go and it's like just Kyle Lowry and a a protected 2028 first, like basically that's his value now. You're looking at 15 cents on the dollar for somebody who is a top 15 guy halfway through last season. But if you're Miami and you missed out on all this other stuff, are you happy with what you have or do you bank on the fact that you have Riley and Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and Bam and this certain culture in place and Harden's going to have to come in there and you'd be like, you know what? Let's bet on the talent. We can afford one knucklehead. Can't have two, but you can have one. I think it's an interesting idea for them.
1: They're too smart because here's the other thing is like Harden is not <laughs> <Right>? even close. <laughs> right. They're too smart. Like They're whatever we want to about, not
0: get seduced by James right. Harden.
1: And I mean, the obvious joke of Harden in South Beach is if it's some recovery thing, meaning like, okay, he's going to he's going to redeem himself there and lock in. I mean, he's trying to simultaneously tank a team situation while proving that he's worth the money that he's already passed on twice. This is unprecedented stuff. I want a 30 for 30 on this. Like, don't ever let them tell you're not worth anything if you're actually worth less or like whatever. You know, I could I could workshop. What a if I told
0: more. you someone cost themselves one hundred
1: million dollars over the course of three years and ended but up st- playing in Hong but Kong? Still wanted two hundred million, you know, <laughs> so I don't I don't know how it's going to go. You know, the, the default is always the teams are scared to death of the guy going like, hey, I need a second opinion on this knee. They get the second opinion. They go, OK, so I'm not actually holding out. There's nothing you can do. Like, I remember at one point with Ben Simmons going, Oh, wow, this is actually pretty admirable. He's not going to fake an injury. Like, he could go, Oh, mm. you know, I've got a C6 that's a little tweaked or whatever. And it's like, No, I'm actually going to go with the mental health route and then tweet videos that I'm back for like two plus years and do a bunch of sit downs talking about how yeah, he's awesome really I'm gonna he's playing be. five on five now. He's back. Yeah, no, look out. So, um, I, I don't think the Heat... I, well, first of all, I think the Heat was obviously very disappointed for a million different reasons on the timeline. There were probably some other deals out there for them. They held off. They thought they were getting game the whole time. Yeah, what do you
0: think What do you think was out there for them that they now regret not chasing? Because I think they were pretty certain that this damn thing was going to play their way, including letting Vincent and Struce leave. Those aren't deal breakers. I think they can survive without those guys, but I also think if they felt that dame wasn't happening i think they might have kept one of those guys i don't know street got a lot of money i don't know can i can i read you their team now they got yeah. bam kevin love jimmy butler tyler harrow and kyle lowry is their starting five caleb barton duncan robinson Haquez, jovich thomas bryant i'm not counting that team out now, counting them out in which way no, I, cause I know they'll have a weird regular season and it'll be up and down and, you know, they'll crawl their way to 45 and 37, whatever with that roster. But in the playoffs, I don't want to see them. I'm just, I'm on the record permanently. I don't ever want to see that team in the playoffs. And it's not just cause they lost Vincent and Struce doesn't mean we should be like, well, cross them off. But I think as a regular season team, Milwaukee and Boston just are clearly poised for more wins and more success.
1: Yeah, I mean, this took way too long to circle back around. But if we're just talking the Eastern Conference, it's it's Milwaukee, it's Boston. Um, and I know like the the rule will be we have to sit there and say, well, you can't rule out the heat like you just said. I mean, again, I can't believe what happened last year. But there are also things happening that had literally never happened before, and they were all happening at the same time. For Caleb yeah. Martin to turn into what we thought Donovan Mitchell would be in the playoffs is one thing. What, um, Jim, what Jimmy did in Milwaukee in round one was almost go, unprecedented go historically. Right. Like that's Jordan stuff that he did against them. Okay, he turned into Michael
0: Jordan for two weeks.
1: Right. And then, you know, even the one game they won against Denver, that fourth quarter was the most efficient single fourth quarter of any game for any team in the entire regular season and playoffs. That's what they had to do. And they still did it to even get one of those games. So I know that I'm supposed to just go, hey, you have to you have to pencil them in on that one line. Not as a one seed, but you have to go Milwaukee, Boston, and then Miami to be respectful. And I want to be respectful of it, but I still can't help but think like last year was fluky. It just, it just kind of was. I'm surprised they didn't go after Drew. It's like the
0: quintessential Heat guy. Yeah, but you and think it would Portland? have taken Lowry and okay. some picks, but obviously that got super ornery on both sides. I don't even know guess. if they
1: can call. Like, can they call for? I mean, it all depends on which side of the argument you want to. I mean, I know we've been over this for like three months and it all came to a head when the deal finally went down. But, you know, if if Portland didn't want to deal with Miami, I don't know that that's necessarily wrong. Like Portland felt like Miami was in this and, and the agent was telling everybody in the league, don't trade for him. And clearly Dame was certain that it would only be Miami because we're used to the players always getting their way. Yeah, my point was, you know, for, for months, I was like, how many times do you have to make a decision where you're like, I'm only doing this and I'm never doing this and I won't do this and I won't move here, but I won't do that show, but I'll do this show or whatever. And then like, it comes down to the very end. You're like, all right, I guess I can do that show. Or I guess I could live there. Or I guess I can come to the, you know what I mean? Like you, you end up compromising a little bit and that's where I think Portland was kind of smart. So I don't, I don't necessarily blame Portland for taking it personally, because I think the agent part of it really pissed them off. But at the end of the day, like, do you want to add it all up and compare with the hero packages? And I don't even know if we know what the final Miami offer is, because based on the timeline of all the reporting last week, because they hadn't really even talked and gotten a, a, in a formal, like, yes, no, here's our best offer in mid July. Right. So I, even if it were going to be a third first from Miami and hero, and some of the other salary filler. And, you know, yeah, for the record, I like Jovich a lot. I liked him before the draft. I like what we saw this summer. But I don't know, like, even if you think it was personal and unprofessional on Portland's side, do you think they did worse?
0: Like, they the still hero- got,
1: they got players that they need for the players they already have. And they I'd now ask the two about- centers,
0: they have more right. trade stuff. And um, it, there's no way it didn't make more sense to do the two
1: deals that they did. Right cuz like you know joking about the Hall of Fame thing like I think OG Ananobi should get in just based on who he hasn't been offered for. Be like you know he was he was more of a role guy but Masai said no to Durant he said no to Lillard he said like he just and we're like we we he's headed to Springfield. I mean, and the same thing six, 16 and 5 for three straight years. Can't right. can't sacrifice <laughs> that guy. And then when Hero gets inducted we'd be like you know we know he was kind of primarily a scorer and he's not the normal but for for 3 months he was one of the greats. He was one of the greats. Now, granted, it was during the offseason, but he was one of the great players of all time. And, you know, obviously, I'm having fun with this a little bit. But when you started digging around, like hearing what Hero could be flipped for, like if Hero were so great and so valuable, yeah. then get a three-way deal going here where those pieces that are being given up for Hero because the other team believes all the propaganda from this summer, that then they get flipped to Portland in this deal. So uh, however you feel I still about think Brooklyn.
0: I think Brooklyn messed that up. I think Brooklyn should have jumped in and tried to, tried to steal Hero and give some picks that Miami could have used. I like Hero. Yeah, but as what an was asset. the piece? I just it, didn't think he made sense for Portland, but I still like him as a player. He's
1: okay, a but good what offensive player? What player piece was going from Brooklyn to Portland to appease? What it appears like they actually wanted to put together an actual starting five. You know,
0: I'm saying I would have traded some. I would have traded a couple firsts for Hero, if I was Brooklyn. I would have traded a couple of those Phoenix firsts.
1: Oh and just sat on a, it.
0: No, so that my for Hero so that Miami would have more picks to offer for Dame. If my if Miami was in Portland doesn't want Hero, you need to get picks for Hero to put in the Dame trade. And I'm Brooklyn and I'm sitting there, I would have tried to get him. Cuz Okay, okay, I, but I'm just i think I'm he's still a really asking you.
1: Above average guard. Uh no, I think he's good. I think he's good too, but it just became I think, well, he, he didn't make sense for, for Portland. It was, we said this he didn't for make any months. sense. It was going to be sharp Simon, Scoot, and hero. That's Those it. four guys aren't playing together. So, but, but it seems clear between Aiton, Rob, that Portland actually wanted a couple people they could pencil into their starting five. And yeah. so if hero goes to Brooklyn for picks and now Miami can offer three and two swaps or whatever, and you know, the swaps just kind of blow all this stuff out of a portion. By the way, there's another version of this too, where it's like, do I really care about swaps with Miami? because there's a pretty good chance that the worst Miami season is still really good because I they've got the best, you know, who knows the next guy that's actually going to want to go there. They're not going to go over every one of these had guys.
0: two bad seasons of like 30 years. The Milwaukee, right. getting Milwaukee swaps and getting that Milwaukee unprotected is super appealing if I'm Portland, because now you're banking on like, yeah, is it 50, 50? Giannis is still there in five years, you know, based on the history of the league and how things go and, how guys move around and all of a sudden you could be sitting there, you know, swaps big Waz was doing a whole thing on swaps that I enjoyed about how the swaps never since Boston, Brooklyn, the swaps don't come through nearly as much as you think. It'd be an interesting research project to actually see how many of them hit. But I think in the Milwaukee case, those are, those are swaps I would rather have than a Boston swap or a Milwaukee swap. By the way, Boston kept some flexibility, they still are able to trade, I think, two more firsts and some swaps, and they have like eight second round picks. So they have, if they want to do one more thing, I just don't know. I don't really fully understand the super tax yet and just how punitive it is. But um, they could still make the roster better. Can I read you Phillies starting nine right now? Or their yeah. top nine? Embiid, Harris, Tucker, Harden, and Maxi, Melton, Reed, Maz and Beverly. That's what I have for their top nine. And you got Harris on an expiring contract for 40 million bucks. Um, And they don't really have any picks they can attach to anybody. And they got to figure out the Harden piece, but it doesn't seem like anybody wants them. And I got to say, I'm surprised the Clippers haven't bid on that. I think it really speaks to how bad Harden's reputation is right now, that the Clippers are like, yeah, Terrence, man, too rich for our blood. (laughs) We got to stay out. You thought If I had said to you in February, the Clippers have a chance to trade Terrence Mann, Norm Powell, and Robert Covington's expiring for James Harden, and that's the entire trade, you would have been like, that's insane. Of course they should do that. But now that's, I don't think you could get Powell or Terrence Mann for Harden. Who's trading well, the problem,
1: for him? The problem is, is if you're the Clippers too, is the, the reason he wants the Clippers is he thinks they were going to give him the extension. So what if you traded uh-huh. for him and then you went, let's see how this year goes. And then he's like, well, at least I'm out of Philly. Like, I don't, I, I, I've i just never seen a guy expect something while also sabotaging himself in in such a way. I mean, it'd be one thing if Harden were 27 and doing this. Be I like, don't want okay, to, let's not see. talk
0: about him anymore. I'm tired of James Harden. Um, Boston, Milwaukee. You recoiled at the, is this the best rivalry, but then neither one of I us didn't. could come up with a better game. No, no, I'm just like, ah, oh, that's not fair to Denver. But I don't know, I don't know who Denver's rival is. I guess maybe it's Phoenix, maybe Denver Phoenix is good. Cause then you get the Nurkic Jokic thing. You get some offense on both ends. So maybe that's the Western version of Boston Milwaukee. But the problem is there there's more than those two teams in the West that are gonna be measuring each other. I mean, you could make a case for the one seed in the West. You could talk me into five teams. You really could. I, I think the West 51 games might be the best record in the West this year. So, you know, and the fact that Denver's from a depth standpoint, you know, they're putting a lot of stock in Christian Brown to hope that he can do those Bruce Brown minutes. Right. And not to mention Porter staying healthy for a whole year. And, um, I don't know. I just don't see a juggernaut in the West and I I don't think it's Phoenix either.
1: Yeah. I mean, this isn't really even about Denver. It's about the rivalry part of it. So yeah, storylines in some of the Milwaukee Boston stuff that's already happened. Yeah, that's fine. I'll give you that. Uh, and I'm not deferring because I'm. I think you're wrong, and I just want to move on. That's fine, but I, I just think the Miami way you're Portland, doing it. Miami Portland robbery now. <laughs>
0: GMs <laughs> having to be seated across from each other. Uh, all right, I would have more stuff for you. Who is a bigger loser in this whole Dame sweepstakes? Was it Miami or Philly? Now that the Dame sweepstakes have officially pulled out, I actually feel like this is worse for Philly because the merry-go-round has now stopped, and they are now just stuck with James Harden going forward. And I don't really see a path for them to improve their team. And I think probably rightly they didn't want to trade Maxie or involve him in any stuff. Um, I don't know. Would you would you put Maxie, if it was Maxie and Harris and whatever pick it took to, to close down Dame and just go for a two, three-year window with Embiid and Dame, would you have done it?
1: Well, I mean, just to be consistent here, do we think Maxie, if we're making fun of the hero offer, do you think Maxie and Harris... And picks get it done for Philadelphia. If we're if hero, we're like, hey, how do you play hero? I don't. With I think guards? they would. Have, I don't.
0: Yeah, I think they would have to flip Maxi to a third team, which is probably why I never got any traction. Yeah, because Portland so, certainly does need Maxi. Yeah, it was it's just, kind of it the was, same
1: thing. As much as you, anybody wants to debate Maxie or Hero, I, I don't. I just don't feel like doing it right now. Uh, I, the biggest loser is that you know I know Miami feels like the answer, but at least I can look at Miami going okay they'll move on from right. this and they'll figure it out and they have the best coach. And you know, if there's ever a case study for a team fighting through adversity, it's, it's them last year. Philly, yeah, this, this is where the,
0: this is where the ties in with their philosophy on everything. Right. It's like now they've been counted out again. Now it's Boston, yeah. Milwaukee, and they're over here and they yeah. get to do the chip on the shoulder thing. And Guess what? It's going to work. And I still don't want to see them in the April. Um, does Embiid, are we in the clock now?
1: I think so. You, too. Do you agree? Yeah. What would your reasoning for like just the way the NBA works?
0: I think this Harden thing is going to be super unhappy. I don't if you were going to say, like, FanDuel gambling odds, will this Harden thing be super unhappy, unhappy, eh, or happy? I think I would bet on super unhappy. It just feels like it's it's headed to a really bad place and Embiid and knows it and he's looking at it. He's turns 30 this year. He's, you know, these are peak years. How many years does he have? How many Will f- we, years physically is he going to be in a el- elite center who can play nine months a year?
1: So Harden doesn't get his wish. He has to play well if he still wants the contract. So do we get the feature, the sit down? Where is it? Local media? Is it national oh, media? Showtime where basketball? Yeah, where Embiid says, we're great, we're on the same page. Like Rachel Nichols show basketball YouTube page. Very possible. Um I will not believe it, by the way. So I'm with you. I don't even think FanDuel offers the unhappy Embiid prop. They're like, we can't put that up there. Just be <laughs> We had
0: it up for a second. We had to take it down. <laughs> people people
1: <laughs> start pulling ads.
0: People were were banging it. Um Do you know that Tatum and Brown are the only guys left from the 2020 bubble Celtics?
1: I didn't. Is that
0: true? In three years, every other person that they played with in the bubble is no longer on the team. I think this is just the league now. I think it's like a fucking miracle if you have four guys on the same team for more than four years. And maybe you have your top two for a while, or you're, or in the, you're in the Denver situation where you have your three plus Gordon. But for the most part, like to just keep four guys or more together is just not going to happen anymore. But this it.
1: this kind of like speaks to the Milwaukee motivation behind it. Like The league is about your top two, and you know Jamal Murray needs to be in that because he's got the title, but also what he did in that Lakers series, and could not agree so, more. Right, and then Jokic being the undisputed one now and being in his prime. I mean, here's the thing. Like, if you really wanted to get into it, and I was talking with uh, somebody about this today, but like, as great as Giannis is, if something were to happen, can he unlock the possession offensively? Or is he just going to have to like, out physical you which has worked all right it already got him a ring like what he did against phoenix and he made all those free throws yeah. all of that different stuff um as good as tatum is we've seen it get bogged down right um as great as you know it's weird because we kind of feel like people are turning the page on golden state which could be a mistake but i don't think it's necessarily like the right but like steph steph can You know, Steph can, because with his gravity, he's still going to impact every possession. So maybe he's still in this conversation. The point that I'm trying to make, and I'm taking too long to get to it, is that whatever you think you're going to do to Jokic, it's like a great hitter who never gives away at bats. Like they're probably still going to get a good look. They're probably going to run something that makes sense. They're probably going to end with better options offensively. Than most teams, if not every single team, because of him. So, oh, you wanna get physical? Okay, cool. You wanna double off of him? Okay, cool. We're gonna do this. Oh, you wanna make sure to stay on the cut? Co- okay, well, now this guy is open and all these different things. So, even though Denver, you could look at it and go, okay, where's the depth? Where's the depth? The Michael Porter Jr. thing is its own little experiment anyway. It's a lot like the Nash Suns. Where just knowing that you're playing with him is going to increase your efficiency, and it's happening. Aaron Gordon's a perfect example of that. Like he's a completely different numbers guy now because having Jokic there makes it that much easier. So, you know, top two, even though Murray still feels like he's behind some of the other guards, and you know, no, I
0: I, I'm with you. They have the belt. If if we're doing the two man championship contest, to me, they have the belt. Giannis and Dame are there, and KD and Booker. I think those are probably.
1: You put that Probably ahead the three. of three. You You'd put what Tatum Brown fourth. Would you put AD and LeBron behind her uh, in front of? I Boston? think I'd
0: put AD and LeBron um, behind Tatum and Jalen, just because LeBron's in his twenty first year, you know. And and I just
1: this is ridiculous. Just,
0: it's, it's ridiculous. ridiculous. He's, I know. It's just he's, like two thousand three draft. <laughs> like at some point, this has to end. End badly. I don't know what year it's going to be, but so I don't know. But he's still, you know. Um, and in the end then there's probably a little bit of a drop off like you, you go into like Embiid and Maxi and Luka and Kyrie and start trying to talk yourself Curry and whoever the second warrior is but I think for pure like our two best guys are going to go against your two best guys you know when when it's Jokic and Murray playing KD and and Booker that, those games are going to be incredible and yeah, I, I mean, think it, the Boston Milwaukee games are going to be incredible like watching Boston throw all their shit at Dame and try to you know, make him uncomfortable. We haven't seen Dame in like a really competitive basketball situation since 2019, you know, it was four, I mean, I guess the world championships or whatever in 2021, which he wasn't very good in. but um, we just haven't seen him in a while. We haven't seen him out of guard. This is what I did part of my podcast about on Thursday. Like, I don't think people realize like how bad of a defensive player he's been the last few years and how we haven't really been focused on that because that in the playoffs is when you really see it when people's entire strategy turns into, we got to get Dame on a switch and just torch him. And, you know, whether he's going to be a major liability for them or a minor liability, we'll find out. Um, and then the Phoenix thing, you know, I, I just don't think they're going to be able to guard anybody either. So maybe this will be a year where offense carries it. Because at least Denver, as good as offensively they were last year, they got stops when it mattered, right? They In that Lakers series, they got big stops in the right time. And you think like Jokic, Murray. It's like those guys knew how to defend when they actually had to. And I'm not sure Milwaukee. We'll see. We, we just haven't seen Dame do it. But who's your favorite? If you had to pick a favorite team right now, who'd you pick?
1: Is it too early? It's too early for me. It just is. Yeah. Uh, it's I'm too not. early
0: for me too. I was doing the starting research yesterday. I was like, Jesus Christ. I, I mean, the Pacific... The Pacific has Lakers, Clippers, Kings, Warriors, Suns. Those are just all five teams in the division. I guess the Clippers are the worst team, but I think the league is like insanely loaded this year. Like in like kind of a shocking way. Just too much talent.
1: Because I'll never forget, you know, when NBA.com does the GM surveys and how much recency bias can play into the whole thing. Yeah. I think it was the off season where, you know, the Celtics added I don't know. I think it was like, was it Gordon Hayward and. And Kyrie. No, it was Kyrie because Kyrie was 17. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, that's that's like an incredible haul. And then Oklahoma City had added Carmelo late. Right. And they did that survey right after it. And then the survey was like Oklahoma City had the best offseason. And they were like, if you just separated, like, there's no way anyone would ever say that. So the point yeah. that I'm making here is that I don't want to be dismissive of Denver by going like, oh, it's either Milwaukee or Boston, because I don't feel that way. I think any of the front offices are trying to do this stuff, it's a short list of teams that can say, we have a real chance. We have a real chance yeah. to end up as the team. And Milwaukee is it. Uh, Milwaukee's on that list, I should say. Boston's certainly on it. Clearly, Denver is because of Jokic. I think Phoenix, in a weird way, is being overlooked, but it was so ugly. I just thought that was such a mess of a series against Denver. And maybe that was uh, the Phoenix, most impressive. Phoenix
0: is on that list for, for me. I don't know if defensively they'll be able to pull up four rounds, but
1: I mean, they if you have look at the be. FanDuel
0: odds, Boston, Milwaukee, Phoenix, Denver, and the Lakers have the top five odds, I'm good with all five. And then the Warriors are sixth, and I think I'm good with that too. That would be my short list right now, and I wouldn't really have anybody else except the Heat. The Heat have dropped to 30-1 to one on FanDuel. I, there's some, you know... OKC, I felt like was one trade away from really being interesting, but they just don't seem like they're interested in actually competing this year. But I felt like talent wise, they were like, if you had added Drew to everything they had, I really felt like they could have been a top three team in the West, potentially regular season.
1: You haven't even mentioned New Orleans, too, like on top of everything else. Because, you know, New Orleans started the season last year, I'm going, they might be the best one through nine. But we know the New Orleans uh, story is the same one over and over again. But, yeah, when I looked at FanDuel odds after the Lillard deal, Milwaukee was one, Phoenix was two, Boston was three, I think Denver was four. I think most places, maybe Denver and Boston were the same odds. And now it's Milwaukee and Boston tied, and then it's Denver. So Yeah, it's see, I, I a think bit. Denver should be the favorite. I But they might, even though they're
0: weaker, they're not that much weaker that they shouldn't be the favorite.
1: But it may be follow-up on your point about the West in general that the odds will be different for Denver just because of how packed it is. Because how deep the West is. Yeah, you're right. Um,
0: For me, what you said earlier about the Jokic-Murray combo, to me that's still the, somebody's got to trump that. That was the best thing anyone had last year was when Denver needed a basket, they had those two guys and they were able to create a really good something every time. And maybe Dame and Giannis will pull that off. I really like what the Lakers did. Um, and I think Boston's better than they were last year. You know, I, I think there's going to be some, over the next couple of days, people will point to the four guys they lost and the two guys they got back and they'll be like, they're worse. Defensively, they're not as good. It wasn't about the defense. And by the way, their defense would collapse at the worst possible times, right? In In 22 and 23. Like their regular season defense was great, but they had some stops issues. Against really good teams for two straight playoffs, and then big picture, it was a seven-year run for them. Five of them were really good, and I remember doing a thing with you in June. It's like, man, they, these runs—you never know. All of a sudden, it could be over. Like they can't stand pat; they got to be aggressive. I would say they were even more aggressive than I ever imagined. Right? The the Drew trade and the Porzingis trade were fucking ballsy trades. Maybe Drew a little less so because you know it's a little more turkey but. Trading smart for Porzingis, um, was was risky. I don't I don't know if it's Porzingis really is going to be able to play nine months. <laughs>
1: no, it's, it's it was a crazy home run risky. Swing. Yeah, and now the lack of depth it's a big position, and you know we already covered the Horford thing. It's a miracle they got what they got from him last year. So to expect it again, I don't know about that. And yeah, I kind of I kind of expect Porzingis to be hurt, despite the fact he had a really good season last year. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Does Milwaukee do all of this over if they know that Drew ends up on Boston?
0: Yeah. I think that I think all they cared about was they don't want Giannis to leave and ask out. And they felt like this having Dame making life easy, upgrading in whatever way possible and not worrying about what else happens in the league. I think that's what they cared about. And Giannis seemed pretty fired up about it. Did you see the video yesterday of Dame going to Milwaukee and all those people waiting for him? I and mean, Milwaukee has great fans. They're going to be, if any, uh, if there was any concern about, oh, he's not in Miami, he's not going to be happy. He's going to be super happy there. They're going to love him. He's going to love playing with Giannis. But no, I think they do it anyway. Why? Do you think they don't?
1: No, we agree. I just want to throw that out there. I think it's exactly, I don't need to add to the answer because you answered it the right way. It was well, about Giannis. For-
0: From what I can tell, the super tax is $182.8 million, and the Celtics are above it. So I don't know.
1: I don't know. Well, Bobby Marks had an interesting tweet this weekend who basically said, like, when you look at, and with some of the stuff that we talked about, like, these new rules and how punitive they're going to be, and that it's basically a different label for a hard cap at the top of this stuff, Mark's entire point was, you know, Boston's going to do this now while they can, because if they try to do this, like they just wouldn't be able to do. And I'd have to like really dig into it the way he did. And, you know, granted I'm in Mississippi watching football, so I wasn't as on top of it as I normally would be, but it's it's definitely, it makes sense for Boston to go, look, I mean, I think sometimes we spend all this time on this stuff, but it becomes really simple. Hey, are you better with Drew Holiday? Yeah, are you better with Drew Holiday? You are, and you'd have to watch, you'd have to live the Rob Williams experience For the highs and the lows and the what the hell's going on with that guy like it was constant it was all the time and the salary's you know 11 12 million the next couple years it's a great number for him maybe it works out i still think the pairing's about maybe protecting eight and a bit defensively instead of him just Mm. replacing him twin Um, towers samson on back bring it back just block to block baseline (laughs) Um, screens for each other I'm going to really enjoy watching this Celtics season. This year and you I, will,
0: you think? I, no, I'm going to really enjoy this team. I like that. I like that. I'm excited for Jordan Walsh. I'm excited for, <laughs> to know if Joe Maz is a good coach or not once and for all. Like, they've removed all the excuses for him. They can't say, ah, and then chemistry and then locker room. And then you had some dark days. couldn't win over his way. You had some we did. dark days in Missoula. And, and I don't know we're out of the woods and that's part of the gamble. Like if you're ranking the Celtic gambles, giving up all the draft picks they gave up would be third. Porzingis.
1: Porzingis is Banking blind.
0: on that dude is second and tripling down on Joe Mazzulla and trading all the guys that rubbed him the wrong way is number one for me because you better really think you have the right coach because they, they, they grease the skids for him, man. There's no excuses now. If he can't pull this team off that's on him. This is a really good team. I mean, you have White and Holiday. It's one of those teams, like you and I, we both talk to these people that work for these other NBA teams and there's just certain guys they love. Like, they all love Derek White. Derek White's like the perfect, like, oh my God, I would love to have Derek White on my team. Even when they traded him from the, from the Spurs, you just hear it right, like, oh man, I just love that Derek White. Holiday has been like that since when? Like 2013, 14? He's always been one of those guys that the the smart kind of, Whatever basketball people are, say, oh, man, how they love that guy. Um, Jalen Brown, not really as much of a guy like that, I would say. No, but like I, when you... when you, more
1: confusion with him. When you talk about, I don't know how often they would play the four, maybe it's specific matchups, and really none of this matters until the playoffs. But, you know, the thing I like about certain teams that do really well is, well, how many guys do you have that are really comfortable finishing a possession with the ball in their hands? And that's a lot of guys. Well, now they have
0: five. If they play Porzingis
1: at the end of the games instead of Al with the Tatum Brown
0: and the two guards, all five of those guys can score. And White and Holiday are both really good. Weird shit just happened in this play. It's complete chaos. Like Holiday, the best play of his entire career was that alley-oop to Giannis, right? Which was one of the crazy... He, he gets the strip and just fucking throws a half-court alley-oop to Giannis to quench a finals game in Phoenix. Like that play was bonkers. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I think this team's going to be really fun to watch. And I like that combo. Um, all right, we're going to let you go over You're doing your podcast tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Tomorrow morning I'll be back in LA.
0: Is it a farewell to Mac Jones?
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's so bad.
0: It's tough. I, I tweeted today during the game. It, it, not since I was in college, which you're old enough to remember, when we had Mark Wilson, we had Tommy Hodson and the Humilinator, and Steve Grogan with the neck brace, and there was just like this five year run before they got Bledsoe, when it was just bad quarterback play was a lock. And I didn't know Mac was what he did today against Dallas was the darkest QB moment for this franchise since the early '90s. It was that bad. He was com- he completely. Blew the game immediately and made five terrible decisions that uh, just submarine them. It was really well, rough.
1: Hey, at least the organization didn't overpay Brady. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would have been that. a disaster. They won that one. The Celtics are in pole
0: position in the city like I don't think they've been in a while. Because even the bees are kind of, you know, they seems like they're moving into a different phase of things. The Red Sox, holy shit. And then the Pats, this is about as bleak as it's looked offensively so Tatum's like this is it man it's all lined up for him now
1: yeah I don't think there's any disputing that I hadn't really thought about ranking the four teams you would, what would you, how would
0: you even rank them I guess the bees would be second even because they they still have some some talent. I feel like I the think... Red
1: Sox stuff is nastier like, Is is this true or not do you think Red Sox fans are still more mad about Mookie Betts than Pats fans are about Brady <laughs> Oh, the Red Sox fans are way madder about Mookie Betts. Think I don't, about I don't that. think it's even close. They gave
0: him away. It was bad when it happened, and now it's like a million times worse. And by the way, the playoffs are about to start, and it might feel worse three weeks from now than it does now. So they if didn't you're
1: win any games. If you're going approval rating in the city, then it's Boston Celtics, Bruins. Celtics easily right. first. You're right. I don't let me know when the playoffs start. I don't have a lot of Bruins takes for you. I apologize. They uh, had a nice
0: run and they came really close to winning a second cup and they have nothing to be ashamed of. And they had, you know, they made some good Yeah, but last year was
1: disappointing. you lose losing the first yeah, round. Well, that's, that's hockey. But you know, when you think it's about, hockey. like, I remember just me dipping my toe into hockey. I'm like, they don't have enough lines for all of these guys. This is incredible. Right. And they added these two dudes in the trade deadline. And then yeah. for two, I was like, this is going to be unbelievable. Like, think about all of these options. And I know there was health issues with uh, with a couple. But, yeah, I think by default, they're two. and And the Red Sox are probably last in approval ratings. Because that one just feels nasty. Like, if you're Henry, you're going, so you losers couldn't win for eight decades? And now you're mad at us? And it's like, yeah, actually, that's the way New England works. Because
0: it's when you're trading guys that have a chance to be in your life for 20 years. You know How many great players are you really going to root for in your entire life? They get to spend their whole careers with them. And Mookie would have been one of those guys. So I I think that's a much tougher thing to forgive. Like when they, when they lost Fisk and Lynn, when I was little, like I never recovered from that. Watching Fisk on the white Sox for the eighties and, you know, just just cheaping out on those guys, it was unrecoverable.
1: So, yeah, that's that for me, because that's where the gap will come up. Like, I had to be taught those lessons. And right. Like, what, hap- what happened, Dad? Pop Right. You know, like a kid coming back from the village eons ago. What did they do? Right, what? And so, yeah, Mookie, man. I mean, for somebody that was at Yaz Day when I was, uh, I think I was eight, you know, like that was... I went to the Dodgers game. I brought my dad. He'd never been to Dodgers stadium and Mookie went off while he was playing second base, like of all things. And then my father was like, let's leave. (laughs) I I went to three Dodger
0: games this year and he played second short and one of the outfield positions in the three games. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. How did they trade this guy? Uh, all right. Rosillo's podcast coming tomorrow. We are going to be teaming up with house in a little more than two weeks. We're going to be doing the annual over unders. I cannot wait for uh for this year because the over-unders have never been harder to figure out ever. And there's vando has more bets too. There's like there's like some uh some different playoff bets and some fun. Like you can bet on a team to be one of the six playoff teams that doesn't have to be in the play in. And so lots to discuss. Rocillo, thanks for hopping on for part one. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. All right, that's it for part one. Thanks to Kyle Creighton for producing. Thanks to Rossillo. Much later tonight, Sunday night, Sal and I will be breaking down week four NFL. I'm probably going to be having an absolute meltdown about the Patriots and we'll do guest the lines for week five. See you in a little bit. Must be 21 plus plus in president select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. You can call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or Call one 8 hope ny or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by Dr. Squatch. What you use in your personal care routine matters, so upgrade your lineup with Dr. Squatch. They have high-performing natural products with no harmful ingredients. That'll have you looking and smelling your best, like their Wood Barrel Bourbon Bar Soap and Lotion or their Bay Rum Deodorant. They even have some limited edition soaps like their Avengers and Star Wars collections. Those seem like they'd be fun to try. And right now, they have an amazing offer for new customers. Get 20% off your first purchase of any amount or subscription order by going to drsquatch.com slash Simmons or use the code Simmons at checkout. This episode of the Bill Simmons podcast is brought to you by Honey Stinger. This is a show about sports and culture opinions. But right now, I want to talk sports facts, the data, the stats. Honey Stinger, sports nutrition, trusted by more than 1,500 pro and college teams. That's right, 1,500. That's all 32 pro football teams. That's 39 pro basketball teams, 29 pro baseball teams, and more that prepare, perform, and recover with the delicious taste of Honey Stinger's energy waffles, chews, gels, and bars. Honey Stinger is the one team's trust. Use code Simmons for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com. That is S-I-M-M-O-N-S for 20% off your first order at honeystinger.com.